Well, I'm so excited that you're here to join me for Voice of Breakthrough, this podcast. Podcast. So we are going to hit some powerful topics. Every single week, we will be having a new podcast with a new topic. So get ready. I'm telling you, this is great to exercise to. This is powerful to uh, listen to when you're cleaning your house or cooking that dinner or cutting the grass, which you could turn up loud on your, you know, your, your little iPhone or whatever you have there. Anyway, you're going to love this powerful, life-changing, every single week podcast of Voice of Breakthrough. thinking about the whole rebellious thing is about so many believers have a hard time hearing God and seeing in the spirit. And Jesus says over and over, those who have ears to hear, let them hear what the spirit's saying, right? And then there was a scripture that said they couldn't, they had ear, they had eyes to see and ears to hear, but they couldn't see or hear because of the rebellion in their heart. And so that was the scripture that led me to say, okay, those who are having a hard time, I'm not talking about counterfeit hearing God and I'm talking about real walking with God, hearing him, getting revelation from him and it changing your heart. Amen. And so I started thinking about, um, the rebellion. Now, when you look up the word rebellion dictionary, it basically means to go against the government. So, in the eyes of God, true rebellion is what? Going against his government, right? Going against his government. Well, some of you might not realize this, but when you try to do things in your own strength, you're rebelling. That's not God's government. His government is not to do things in your own strength. Amen? To God... It is complete submission or it's rebellious. So can everybody repent right now for rebellion? Amen. Amen. Because when we continue to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good, just because I'm eating of the tree of the knowledge of good and not evil, it's just as evil in the eyes of God. It's just as rebellious. Okay. Think about what was the first rebellion against God? Do not eat of this tree. You can have everything else. I'll take care of everything. I'll handle everything in your entire existence. I'm just telling you, do not eat of this tree. And what was the name of that tree? It was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, right? So people, after Jesus Christ died, went to hell for us, came out of the grave for us, went and went before the Father, when he stands before the Father, for every one of us, for every sin that we've ever done and every sin ever done against us, the Father sees him. It's paid for. He said, oh, it's, so, so let's say who's ever hurt you the most, if they accept Jesus Christ as Lord, amen, and every time a conversation comes up about them in heaven, whether it be the accuser, who I don't think is allowed to go there any longer, I think he's been thrown down, but, but anything that comes before God, people's prayers, anything, God, the Father sees us through the blood of Jesus. So you have to see yourself the way he sees you. He doesn't see you the way the devil sees you. He doesn't see you the way your mama and your daddy saw you. He doesn't see you the way 
Uh, anybody else sees you. He sees you in his image. He sees you complete in him. Amen? Mm. So, so get free here a little bit. God already sees us perfect. Amen? And nothing's going to change his view of us. So this, this process of sanctification is to become what he already sees by agreeing with him. Okay, ooh, this is good. I, I never thought of this is him. <laughs> okay, it's becoming what he already sees by agreeing with him. But if you choose to make your own image of yourself, which is pride, and you choose to disprove somebody in your past or to appease somebody in your past, anything at all where you are making you into the image that you think you should be is rebellion. It's rebellion. Don't make it look pretty. It's rebellion. It doesn't matter if you are the if you can climb to the top of that tree and every piece of fruit you grab off of it is good. You might not cuss. You might not uh, talk about people. You might not, um, you know, have attitude problems. Y'all are going, oh, she already got me down from the top of that tree, right? But you could just be thinking more highly of yourself than you ought. Amen? It's rebellion. So how many know that Satan wants you to be rebellious? What Satan wanted from Adam and Eve was pure rebellion. Rebel against God. Rebel against God. So you can sit in church and be rebelling against God why you think you're so good. That's why Jesus said there's none good, not one. There's none good. What he's basically saying is you can eat of that tree all day long, but it's rebellion. Is everybody getting this? It's rebellion when you order your steps. It's rebellion when you try to interpret the word of God based on what you want it to say. How many know that most of church is in rebellion? And how many know that's why the world is so messed up? And how many know that's why we're being shaken? We're not being shaken because of one political party or the other. We're not being shaken because of some bad world leaders. We're being shaken because there's rebellion in the church. And if there's no rebellion in your heart, guess what? You're not being shaken because you've already been shaken. Amen? He's going to shake everything that can be shaken. But rebellion is really, really, really bad if you think about it because what is it that Satan did that had him kicked out of heaven? He rebelled against God. He rebelled. Get what rebel means. To do it a different way than what God is requiring of us. Now, in the old covenant, some of you live in the old covenant. And that's rebellion against God when you're born again. Amen? The old covenant is completely different than the new covenant. And that's what the book of Romans talks about. I'm not going to go into it a whole lot because I don't really have time. But go really read it, especially like Romans 12. Um, well, this one's kind of good. Listen, Romans 12, 3. God has given me grace to speak a warning about pride. I would ask each of you to be emptied of self-promotion and not create a false image of your importance. It said, honestly, this is uh, the trans, I think this is the Passion Translation. 
Instead, honestly assess your worth by using your God-given faith as the standard of measurement, and then you will see your true value with appropriate self-esteem. Basically, do not think more highly of yourself than you ought to. That's why you don't compare yourself to others. That's why when somebody tries to criticize you or judge you or anything else, you can sit there and really know, I am in the will of God. I was talking to somebody yesterday and somebody came to a meeting and they couldn't wait to get to fa fa Facebook, fa fake book, and, and just really start bashing me and bashing the ministry and this and that. And they misinterpreted everything that happened at that meeting. And, um, but truthfully, and the person's like, I'm so sorry they did that. It's like, no, I, it doesn't bother me. It doesn't even bother me where I, um, in my journey, wasn't perfect when I tried to help some of you. He didn't tell me to be perfect in helping you. He just told me to do what he told me to do. Amen? And part of your journey was to handle my not being perfect while I'm helping you. Amen? <laughs> That's part. Of, that was some of you, the ones who are still here, you passed. All of you who watch us in secret, maybe you didn't. Anyhow. Amen? But I'm just saying, you know, you, you pass. Okay, so that's the cool thing. So it's, there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. So you can't condemn me, and you really can't judge me, but do you let other people, if people can judge you and close you down and make you wonder what you did wrong, and am I a man pleaser, you are, out, you are rebelling against the true judge. That doesn't mean you get a callous heart and I don't care. It means you get a sensitive heart when Holy Spirit says, we are working on this now and I'm going to deal with this now. But you don't get a sensitive heart that the devil wants to deal with something now and God's not worried with that right now. Amen? And that's why we all have to walk this thing together and quit judging each other. And right now, as everything is shaking, we got to just let go. Seriously, let go of... Mm, Good scripture. Grab this scripture. Hold on to this scripture. Who are you to judge another man's servant? For to his master, he will stand or he will fall. And then God confidently says, I will make him stand. So I guess by the time this is over, that person is going to be where I want them to be. And if you're in the scenario at all, it's to help them get there, not to be a stumbling block for them. Amen. And so we need to see rebellion. Now, if rebellion got in your heart, hmm, the first place that you might openly open your heart to rebellion and know that you're doing it, okay? Remember, it's really not sin until you know it's wrong. That's why Satan wants to sear conscience. That's why he wants society to be so bad. He's trying to make people not even know what sin is. You do not go to hell because of your sins. You go to hell if you deny the one who paid for all sin. Okay? Let's really, you do not go to hell because of your sin. You only go to hell. Nobody goes to hell because of their sin. They only go to hell if they do not accept Jesus Christ as Lord of their life who took away their sins. Amen? There's a difference in that. It's not your sin that takes you to hell. It's your, it's your desire to live rebellious from God and his way to heaven. 
So when you buy into new, okay, let me give you some things that could have stirred rebellion and maybe made it really worse and could even put a, a wall there that's hard to get through. Amen. First of all, God doesn't condemn you. So quit condemning yourself. Amen. There's nobody who's been here any length of time who would come here if they had a heart to be rebellious. Amen. Right? This is not like, this is not like um, cotton candy ministry time. Amen? Tuesday nights are the time, and whenever else the Lord shows you, to deal with heart issues. And the only way to do that is to get free from condemnation. God, you're not saying I'm this. You're saying this doesn't belong in me. Amen? So God's not saying you're rebellious. God's saying rebellion doesn't belong in you. You're a born-again believer. Saying yes to Jesus destroys the power of rebellion. Amen? It doesn't perfect us right away, but it gets us in the place of saying yes to God. It gets us in the place of saying yes to God. To him's giving much, much is required. So as you mature and grow, he's, you're, it's gonna be, you're gonna walk closer to him, but you're also gonna be more holy because he's holy because you're walking in a place without rebellion. So when, when we're talking about, those who haven't listened, go back and look at the teaching online, but we have to destroy the strong man. You have to bind him, okay? Binding something is to forbid it from having power, okay? So before you can plunder the house, in other words, before you can get the devil's junk out of your heart as you cooperate with the Holy Spirit, you have to, you have to bind or take authority over the strong man or the lie that Satan put in you trying to build you into a rebellious person that serves him and not God. Now, see, we're easy in the self-righteous group of climbing that tree and eating of the tree of the knowledge of good, of putting our noses down at those eating of the tree of the, the, the bad part of the fruit. Amen. It's one tree, but two, two kinds of fruit, one fruit, but two results from it. Amen. All right, so we think that because we can see that that's bad, we can think, well, I'd never do that, that we're okay. We're just as rebellious as the person eating that other fruit and maybe more so if we actually know God. We are so rebellious when we judge people of the world. We are so rebellious if you're judging anybody in politics right now. Ho! See, Satan wants to get that rebellion in you. We have to have the thing, though. This isn't about our actions. This is about our heart towards God. So when I see a heart that's not towards God, I should pray and intercede and try to understand. And yes, I can recognize when somebody is completely given over to the enemy, the Bible, he says, beware of evil men. Amen? It doesn't say evil men can't be saved. So what's he saying? He says, look, when people are really operating in strong evil, the devil in them has got to get you. So beware. Beware. You better use wisdom. Amen? It doesn't mean an evil person can't get saved. Hmm. See, we easily recognize, for the most part, a really evil person. But there are so many pious, self-righteous, good do-gooders that probably are causing as much political mess as the evil people, if not more, that the two kind of blend into one uh, tyrant 
thinking they can be God for everybody. Amen? But we're not going to have much authority against it until we get rid of rebellion. Now, I think the core of most strong men, when I say strong men, I'm saying, what was Satan creating you to be before you found God? What generational curses came into your life? What lies did you buy? What situations happened? This is why you don't judge someone else. Because this is, who are you to judge another man's servant? God knows that Satan went after you a very different way than he went after you. And he, the lie is to compare yourself and say, yeah, but if you only knew what I went through. See, this is why I'm not buying into this uh, theology they're trying to push on our kids or anyone else. Amen? There's one Savior, one Deliverer, one Redeemer, and His grace is sufficient for whatever life journey you went on, for whatever Satan tried to do to you to make you rebel against God. That's your only issue. And He could have given you the, He could have let you have the most rich, fancy, educated life there was. But if your heart's rebelled against God, hot is hell for you too. And the Bible says it's actually harder for a rich man to get into heaven because they think they're okay. Their deception is greater. Most people who operate in evil really know they have more of a lie. Well, God would never accept me. I'm too bad for God. I'm too cool for God. God doesn't want me. They already know what they're doing is wrong. Amen? But the people who eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, but suck up on the good part, they actually think there is no God. They actually think the whole world revolves around them and everybody needs them. They are self-righteous. Amen? The only, when, when Jesus came and rebuked in his life, he really didn't rebuke the people eating of the knowledge of the tree of good and evil, the ones who ate of the evil. You didn't hear him rebuke the, the crazy guy uh, all chained up and tearing up chains that was totally demon-possessed. You didn't hear him rebuke him. He set him free. He put him in his right mind. He gave him back. He gave him his identity in Christ and to go tell everybody. Amen? But when he saw the Pharisees, who completely ate of the knowledge of good, 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 and decided how God thinks and what God does and how much higher and smarter they were than everybody else and made this religious, pious thing, even though in their heart was all kind of evil. Amen? Jesus rebuked them. Amen? When, when Peter thought he was doing something so good, wow, here I am, and there's Moses, there's Elijah, there's Jesus, and I'm here in this wonderful time. Jesus, let me build three tents. <laughs> and then the father's like, listen to my son. Because Peter, in his excitement, was actually thinking that to see Moses, who represented the law, to see Elijah, who represented prophets and, and power, and, all, and then to see Jesus was all the same. And the father looked into that heart and said, don't you ever, ever give the, 
give the created the kind of revelation that only belongs to the creator. Amen? And come on, people's doctrine. That, sometimes you hear people talk about Jesus. You think he's just a human being that you step on to get to the Father. He and the Father are one, for real. For real. When you see Jesus, you've seen the Father. They look just alike. He just brought himself out from himself so he could go and hang out and walk around. The Father's a consuming fire. No one can look on him and live. Sin cannot even be in his presence. You'd be destroyed. But oh, for the blood of Jesus that destroys that rebellion. See, when we accept Jesus Christ, and not until we accept Jesus Christ, when we accept Jesus Christ, we have given up rebellion. Or we're supposed to, right? Because what is real salvation? You, God, our master and Lord. I want to do this your way. I want to walk with you. I want to understand you. I want to belong to you. I want to give myself to you. You are my master. Right? And so most of the church is in rebellion. Because he's not really their master. They would act like he's their best friend. High five, yay, Jesus, you and I. We're the same. We're not the same. He is the son of God. You are a child of God. But he is, he is where cre the creator <laughs> put on his creation. But who he is is the creator. Amen? Amen? We are the creation. Whew, get the difference. He is the creator who put on creation. So he could hang out with us and die for us. So that we could be his creation that enters into whew, his spirit. Amen? There's a big difference in being God and stepping into humanity and being the creation that God says, I want as my family. And if you accept me as Lord and Savior, if you accept my son as Lord and Savior, then you can be in my family. And you're going to be something that's different than just creation. You're going to actually be my spirit in creation. The very spirit of God. Angels don't have that. And if we don't all wake up to how awesome that is and the reality of that, then we cannot leave our rebellion. It is rebellious to do good works and try to be excellent in your natural strength. It is obedient 
to say, Lord, what should we do? And learn to flow with him. And that's why even if you're, uh, quote, running late, well, that's not excellent. It's perfectly excellent if God knew what you would be doing and what you would be doing and had already ordered your steps. Amen? Two things can look exactly alike. And we like to put bondage on it and say, well, that must not have been, you know, they're always late or whatever. If they always are, that's between them and God. Let him, you know, do what you want. But many times God is not on the table, timetable you're on because he's doing other things. I'll tell you what, you want to know what's coming up in um, the year. We're already in the year 22 based on the Jewish New Year's, which is probably more accurate than ours. Amen. So when I was doing radio today, I didn't have a clue. What I, we're a month ahead almost. Like I did radio today for the week of November 8th through the 14th or something like that. Well, it's a little interesting when we have an election coming up and everyone thinks your radio show is live. Because it used to be live until they told basically that you can't do live anymore. But then they made it so you have to send things in a month ahead of time. Has anybody ever tried to be live when you're sending things in a month of time in 2020 and 2021? You have to really flow. I even tell you what the weather is some days. <laughs> Lord help. So I'm like, oh, I tell Karen what we do radio. I said, I said, I wish that we could just do this after the election. Now this is going to be like two weeks after the election. And somebody would have expected me to respond somehow to the election by now. And, and, um, and I, I don't know what to do. So... So I get in, we get in the anointing, the first one. Now, we're not going to talk much today. God bless you. Uh, then, we put the, then we put a program on, which they know that part. But then I start talking and preaching, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. We ought to play them for you. Y'all can kind of get ready to know what's going to happen at the beginning of November. All I could say from what I prophetically know I was saying, because I wasn't thinking at first, is the beginning of November is going to be extremely chaotic. Nobody's going to know what's up or down. And people are going to just be wondering, how do we plan anything? And it's already like that if, if you're awake at all. Amen. So, so I'm sitting there. And the next thing I know, you don't know, right before that, um, Karen and I were talking about if we're going to do the Christmas thing this year. You know, we have that big giveaway every year and we have donated gifts already. We already have things for the kids. We have stockings. We have everything. Christmas stockings. We have presents. We have all this stuff and tons of things. But my heart's just not in doing it this year. So I'm like, well, Lord. So we're thinking, well, maybe we'll just do this. Maybe we'll do that. I, I just couldn't figure out what we're doing. But I've just, I, I just have this excitement about Beauty Frash's family, the real church, just enjoying God through the holidays, just enjoying God no matter what the rest of the world is doing. So I start talking in this, and I, I'm demonstrating to you what not being rebellious looks like. It's going to do a, li a radio show that's live in the sense that God takes me into the future every single week to do this. How? And I'm almost always right. I don't know that I've ever missed it blatantly. And I, I sometimes wonder, like, I mean, after the elections, it's like, like it, was, it seemed like there was two people supposedly who won and stuff, and it's like, what's happened? 
And, um, and sometimes we get so drunk in the Holy Spirit, I'm like, is that good or bad, Lord? You know, why did we need to be this drunk on this day? <laughs> you know, hmm. So, but the Lord, be I began to just share, and I wasn't trained, it's not pre-planned. And I said, you know what? We're going to all, no matter what's going on with the world right now, no matter what's going on with the state elections or anything, we are going to celebrate belonging to Christ. And here's what the Lord had me say. He said, it is time to quit believing that we're supposed to be outside those doors. The year of 22 is to come back inside the house and be trained up and equipped and mature and care for each other in a community like we're supposed to, and then God will bring the people in. And the Lord just put my heart, begin to care about every person who walks through the door, and he began to give me ideas of what we're going to do as a church family, and he began to say, this is the first year of Beauty for Ashes Church in the eyes of God. Ho! So we've just started, October. So welcome to Beauty for Ashes. We're glad you guys are here. And um, Sunday morning, we have a few more. But, but the Lord said, no. He said, don't even try to bring them in. I'm bringing them in. And the Lord said, I'm not saying for everybody, but he said, for you, we're establishing Beauty Fresh's church. And, we're, and he's just giving me all this. He goes, quit thinking about traveling and going overseas and all these other things. You'll still do some of that, but not now. So as you consider say, oh, are they going to lift the restrictions? Oh, do I have to do this? Oh, am I going to do that? Lord's like, here's what you're doing. I'm not saying for everybody, amen? Here's what he showed me. So clear. I was so excited. He said, we're going to train. They're, we're going to unmask them and train them, amen? We're going to see them mature. We're going to see them set free. We're going to see them healed. We're going to see them knitted in the body and working for what he has for them to do. We're going to love the children, teach the children, train up the children, minister to the children, begin to watch teens come. The Lord said, this is the year that I am going to bring people into this house. This is not the year to go outside those doors. Can you feel it? Shoo, you can feel it. So I want to see what he builds. Amen. I want to see what he builds. Ho! And so then my heart's in that. Where my heart was in going to these nations. And now I'm still, you know, I'm talking to them to do some of the same kind of things. But the Lord's like, you don't, don't, you're not deciding about, um, wham whams or no wham whams or you know passports or what they're going to do in another country i've told i'm that's you know what's exciting about that the most because for this ministry 2020 has been to right now 2020 and 2021 has been what intensive spiritual warfare well i'm going to tell you what for whatever reason that's about to have to end which means god won hallelujah Shoo, I feel that. <laughs> Shoo, you can feel it. He's one. You know, he doesn't have you keep fighting when he's one. So he's like, so now let's get to the, let's get the church built. Because we're going to be able to handle the people coming in. God is going to de-zoom-zoom. Zoom. God is not about, he says in his word, in the last days, don't forsake the fellowshipping together. That's what he says. That's a last day prophecy. That's a last day prophecy. He knew what was going to happen in 2020. And it's always bothered me. So many people have so embraced, you know, um, everything. And I, I said it around radio. I said, and let me tell you what, if you don't live close enough to come here, then we're not your local church. We're not going to pretend to be your local church or whatever. It is one body. You can come all you want. You can listen to teachings, this and that. But I'm not going to pretend to try to build my own denomination and tell you to do your Bible study. No, go find a church. 
one that has anointed people, that God knows where you live. He knows what you should be doing. doesn't mean you can't still be part of ministry, amen, of ministers. But it's like, don't pretend. What are we doing? We're, we sit there and get upset because people aren't being shepherd, quote, unquote. And then we tell them, you don't have to be shepherd. Just turn on the TV. It's the same thing of the Internet. It's not the same thing. It's not the same. It's not the same thing. Amen? That's who he is. He's not against the church. He had the church the whole time. They met together in homes daily. We're very fortunate to have a really comfortable building. Amen? Because y'all know our houses are too messy to have people meeting in them daily. Amen? <laughs> Especially when you bring all their kids. You know, okay. I mean, we're happy we can have the parties and fellowship here. So I'm just telling you the direction of 2022. Amen? And I'm excited. See, then I'm excited in my spirit. You can talk to Karen. Till then, I, I wasn't trying to rebel, but I was rebelling. Because I, well, I, Lord, we always do the giveaway. He goes, well, don't always do anything. <laughs> Don't always do anything. Do what I want. So we're going to have a we're going to have the most fun Christmas family night with prizes and everything. With with um, we're we're just going to have the most fun. We're still going to I guess we're still going to have New Year's Eve. I don't know yet. We haven't got that far. I'm not. You know, it's almost like what 2020 and the shaking of God had to wipe away tradition, and God doesn't want everybody going back to it. Not that we've ever really had it. But, but that's why it was so easy for us to adjust. That's why we went and added meetings and added prayer meetings. And we had the busiest year ever. And we've been blessed. Amen? But you got people all over, if you read the statistics, sitting back. Haven't been to church in almost two years. Why would you not want to come? If you find where he's calling you to, you'll want to be there. If you're just settling for what you want or, or what seems convenient, then he's not doing that anymore. Amen? He's not doing that anymore. You can feel that. He's not doing anymore. Hey, you, mm, it's already changed. The season has already changed. Some people don't know it yet. Some people are so busy. I mean, some people honestly... I, I think one of the most scary, if you want to say the most should wake you up, scriptures in, bio, in the Bible, is the rebellious people. Let me go find the scripture because you might find out, wow, I, I, I need it to get free here, God. Where's that scripture about um, being invited to the wedding supper? Okay, yeah. Matthew 22. And which part? First one, okay. Okay, all right, here we go. The kingdom of heaven is compared to a man, a king, who made a, made a wedding feast for his son, Jesus. And he sent his slaves to call those being invited to the wedding feast, but they did not desire to come. He sent other slaves, tell the ones invited, behold, I prepared my supper. I have the oxen, the, uh, the food, basically the food's ready. Everything's ready. Come to this wedding feast. But not caring, they went away. One went to his own field one to his trading, and the rest seizing his slaves insulted and killed them. And Herod the king became angry and sent in his armies to destroy those murders and burn their cities. Then he said to the slaves, Indeed, the wedding feast is ready, but those invited were not worthy. 
Now go to the exits of the highways and call to the wedding feast as many as you may find. And going out into the highways, those slaves gathered all as many as they found, both evil and good, and the wedding feast was filled with reclining guests. Um, hmm. There's another one, though, where it goes in more detail, with the ones that I have to buy a field. Where's that one? Did anybody find that one? That may be in Luke. You all know the scripture I'm talking about, right? It's the one where the one says, oh, I've, I've got children. I just got married, so I can't come. And another one says, oh, I'm too busy. I just bought a lot of property, and I can't come. And everyone basically, the bottom line is, they had an excuse when God was inviting them. And if you go to the parable we just talked about, that other one, it's really strange because after that he goes, how did that person get into this wedding? And which one? Luke. Luke 14. Let's try that. Yep, that's it. Okay, right. All right, so let's go all the way to 12. That's where it starts. Jesus also went to say to the one who had invited him, when you give a luncheon or a dinner, do you not invite your friends, your brothers, or your relatives, wealthy neighbors? Otherwise, they may also invite you in return, and that will be your repayment. But when you give a banquet or reception, invite the poor, the disabled, the lame, and the blind, and it will be blessed because they cannot repay you, for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous judge. Let me get that amplified here a minute. What's kind of cool about that, coming right before the other parable, we can't repay him. We can't repay him. He's like, I'm going to invite those human beings. And they can't repay me. They have nothing that I need. They have nothing that I want. I, the Lord likes nothing. He likes nothing. And so then look at the response to people who were invited to this. The Lord said to them, a certain man was hosting a large banquet and invited many. And the time for the banquet, he sent a slave to tell those who had been invited, come, everything is ready and prepared. Every one of them began to beg off. The first said, I bought a farm. I'm obligated to go to see it. You're going to have to excuse me. Then another one said, I've purchased five teams of oxen. I'm going to check them out. I'm asking you to please excuse me. Another said, I've married a wife. I cannot come. The slave came and reported these things to his master. The master of the house got angry and said to his slave, quickly go into the squares and alleys of the city. Bring here the poor, the maimed, the blind, the lame. The slave said, Master, I've done as you have instructed, and there is still room. So the master said to the slave, go out into the throwaways and fenced areas and press them to come in so that my home may be filled. For I tell you, none of those men who were invited will ever taste my banquet. Well, it's the revelation of don't take for granted that God is inviting us. It's rebellious to say no to God. It's rebellious to be too busy for God. It's rebellious to order your own steps. It's rebellious to order your own steps. It's rebellious for you to already know, well, I can't do that. How do you know what you can do? The Lord says, don't even think about tomorrow. It'll have enough trouble. It'll take care of itself. God wants us to actually live in this place where he actually orders our steps. The steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. Amen? Now, some of y'all are in your brains right now. This is a scary place for you to hang out. 
Because in your brain right now, you're thinking, oh, am I not supposed to do anything? Can I not plan anything? Can I not take a job? Can I not do anything? Okay, quit thinking with a carnal mind. He's not asking us to be ridiculous. Amen. What he is saying here is trust me. So if you have a job and if you're not rebellious, he gave you that job. And if he's given you that job, he will take care of that job. He, mm, this is the same thing to say to those people. If God gave you a business, he will take care of the business. If God gave you a wife or a family, he will take care of that. Amen. I'll give you a really good example. When, after, after I gave myself completely to the Lord, after my daughter wanted to be with the Lord, somewhere not too far after that, and my husband, we had two small boys at that time. Probably they were about three and, two or three or three and five or six, something, they're three years difference. But it wasn't that long after Lauren, be, probably a year after Lauren went to be with the Lord, which was in May, because this was a summer camp, a big camp, and a very Pentecostal camp. And so the Lord came and he just spoke to him. He goes, I want you to go to that Pentecostal camp almost every night. It's an hour drive there and an hour drive back. And they go till like 11. So I would never get home till like midnight. And I'd have to rush out the door. Like I'd have to fix dinner and then get out the door and not really eat with everybody. I could eat, but just real fast. We'd have to eat at five. You know, I'd have to be out the door by six. And the Lord said, I want you to go to almost every meeting. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, how am I going to tell this to my husband? And I'll never forget we're driving. And the Lord's like, tell him now. I'm like, we're stuck in a traffic jam. And the Lord's like, tell him now. I'm thinking, I don't want to see him upset. And I don't want to see him, you know, he, he was, we're still going through a really difficult time. And it's just about to be hit soon, a really difficult time that's coming up we didn't know about. Maybe it's why God wanted me to go. And so I'm sitting there, I said, I said, honey, the Lord told me that he wants me to go to the Pentecostal camp almost every night. It's a three-month kind of thing. It's about nine weeks. And he just like, you can't do that. We've got the kids. How could you do that? We can't do that. And, and he says, and I said, well, honey, God knows we have two kids here, one in heaven. God knows everything about our marriage. He wouldn't tell me to go if it wasn't going to help us. Anyone who would have said no to God because their husband didn't want them to go would be rebellious. We have doctrines to make every woman in the church rebel against God. Now, if I went to my husband and said, hey, honey, honey, I want to go to Hawaii for fun. And um, you and the kids handle it. And I'm going for a couple of weeks. And I'm going to take money out of the bank. And I'm going. And he would say, no, you're not. We don't have the money for that. I don't think that's a good idea. Which, to be honest, my husband wouldn't say no to that either. But if I did not submit to him with that, I would be rebellious. God never told women 
to rebel against him. He never wants you to ask a human being if you can do what he's told you to do. Now, if you don't know how to hear him and you're, you've got the wrong things in your heart, you're going to pay the consequences. Amen. Well, I'm still married 40 some years. I don't know, that's 30, 30, 30, almost 30 years since that conversation and 40 years or 42 years. I don't even know when I got married, 1979, however long ago that was. Yes, I was such a child. Anyhow, <laughs> but <laughs> just it, it's like, does everybody get this? It's rebel. So what we teach in the church is rebellion against God. He is not the God of men, but not women. He's God. The difference is getting rebellion out of your heart so you're not just going here, there, and everywhere to get away from your husband or away from your children. And, and, and then you're being hyper-spiritual, which actually causes a big mess. Amen? Does everybody get that? So the Lord made a way. I went almost every night. And, and I'm sure the Lord did things in my heart and worked on things in my understanding to open me up to the prophetic and everything else that I had, had never really seen before. Amen. He took me to a new level of hunger. Amen. So let me go to these other scriptures. Is, is anybody kind of getting this? Does everybody kind of see that um, that rebellion is probably, if not probably, I would say almost certainly one of the main foundations in a strong man that wants to have you serve the devil instead of God? Serving the enemy is serving works. Amen? Works that are not by grace are filthy rags to God. So some people walk around their filthy rags thinking, aren't they all that? Amen? So, so it's like, well, Lord, how, how do I do this? <clears throat> A lot of people who don't recognize it as rebellion can't understand why they try and try and try, but they never have that breakthrough to hear God. They never have that breakthrough to, to enjoy God. Amen? They never have that breakthrough. I'm going to tell you, it's this rebellion. I, that's one of the reasons. But it's what he says. He says, you have ears to hear and eyes to see, but you don't hear and you don't see him because of your rebellion. So, so I want you to make rebellion a real enemy. Amen? And I want you to make rebellion that looks good to people as bad as a rebellion that looks horrific. Amen? Rebellion in your heart causes the enemy to order your steps. It causes the enemy to spend all your money, to break all your stuff, to destroy all your relationships, to hurt your children, to cause divorce, to take your jobs. That's why I don't care if it's... Whoever is trying to take the place of God in my life be it a true prophet, be it a false prophet, be it a true Bible teacher or a false Bible teacher, be it a politician, be it anybody. Amen? They can't take his place. 
the steps of the righteous are ordered of God. If he orders me to, then I will. And I won't worry about it. I won't have fear about it. I won't even give it a second thought. Amen? At all. I won't even give it a second thought. If he tells me not to, then I won't. Amen? If he says, make up your own mind, then I will. Amen? Isn't it freeing? Isn't it freeing when I'm not your judge and you're not your judge and nobody's your judge? And, and this covering doctrine is rebellious. Covering doctrine came up with Catholicism. Catholicism took true Christianity and made it a religion. Amen? I actually personally can't think of anything good about Catholicism. I'm not saying there aren't people who practice a religion called Catholicism who has accepted Jesus in their heart. I will say practicing a religion called Catholicism is rebellion against God. And it's actually was the beginning of the whole Christian um, relationship with God coming into bondage and chains called religion. When I have to sign papers to go to certain countries to say that I will not do religious activities, I can do that easily. I don't do religious activities. I'm not lying. I don't do religious activities. I don't do religion. I wrote in the same letter. But the same grace that God gave me to get through uh, the death of my daughter, I'm going to your nation to minister to families who've lost children. I am. And they could not say no to me. I know they wanted to. We prayed and prayed. And Karen and I had a vision. I saw them wanting to hit um, like where they won't accept my visa. And they couldn't do it. And I got my visa the day before the plane left. Was I packed? Yes, because I knew I was going. Why? Because he told me to go when I bought this building. And the city called me and said, you can't have that building. I said, I already have this building. They said, well, we won't let you put a church there. I said, well, that's between you and God, because he said, we're putting a church here. Has anybody noticed the sign on the outside of the building? <laughs> Amen. And you know I'm telling the truth on that. We came up against it. We had to do some spiritual warfare and pray and watch people forget things and all kinds of stuff that was amazing. Even our engineer was like, I've never seen anything like that. He didn't want me to go to the meeting. I said, no, I'm going to the meeting. He says, I don't like my clients to go to these meetings because there's a lot of negotiating. I said, I'm going to the meeting. And then I don't know what happened, but there was a stickler little point. And all of a sudden, right out of the guy's head. And we all started talking about something else. And he signed everything and sealed everything. We walked out. And the engineer said, I've never seen anything like that in my life. I've never seen anything like that in my life. Why? Because my steps are ordered of the Lord. I'm not afraid because he's ordering my steps. We need to get free from fear. Everybody's sitting home disobeying God is full of fear. We, we, we actually have not had a bad year in 20 or 2021, have we? And we're about to have an awesome year in 22. And, and sometimes I forget how it is out there where people are living in fear. Amen? It's, like, it's amazing, actually, how good God is. 
It's amazing. Even when you're in the middle of storms, even when you're in the middle of stuff, obey him, hear what he says, do what he's showing you because he has made a way of escape for you. So, so we have to realize eating of the tree of the knowledge of good, because we all know, everybody kind of knows eating the tree of the knowledge of evil, even though now the two, the whole thing is all mixed together, right? Like they're calling evil good and good evil, right? I mean, when someone can say murdering the baby inside your womb is a good thing, and standing against it is a bad thing. We are living in very mixed up, confused, evil times. Amen. And if anybody questioned it before, go have an ultrasound and go all the way up to right before delivery. And you will see what that baby that they want to call tissue looks like right before it comes out of the birth canal because they murder them up to that point. And some of them murder them after they're born. It's horrific. But it's not for me to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and condemn everybody who can't understand that. It's for me to help them find Jesus Christ and be able to forgive themselves and to find a freedom they've never known before and look forward to seeing that child being brought up in the kingdom of God waiting for them to get there. Amen? Okay, let's go to Romans 9.32. This one says it pretty good. Roman, I have an entire teaching on Romans. Romans is seriously one of the most powerful books in the Bible. The, the one I read in here, um, maybe it's a different, Romans 9 through 2. And why was that? Because they did not pursue the path of faith, but insisted on pursuing righteousness by works, as if it could be seized another way. They were offended by the means of obtaining it and stumbled over the stumbling stone. Okay, let me find which one that was. 9.32. All right. That is so good the way that's worded. Romans 9.32. <laughs> okay, this is the Passion Translation. Go 9.30. So then why does, what does this mean? Here's the irony. The non-Jewish people who weren't even pursuing righteousness were the ones who found it and seized it, a perfect righteousness that is transformed by faith. Yet Israel, even though pursuing a legal righteousness, they did not attain it. Why was that? Because they did not pursue the path of faith, but insisted on pursuing righteousness by works as if it could be seized that way. They were offended by the means of obtaining it and stumbled over the stumbling stone. Just as it is written, be careful. I am setting in Zion a stone that will cause people to stumble, a rock of offense that will make them fall, but believers in him will not experience shame. I want you to get this under the, if you're walking in the old covenant as a born again believer, you are actually trying to have your righteousness based on your works. <laughs> if I say everything right, if I do everything right, did I do that right? Did I, am I, is this okay? Is that good? What's going on? See, mm, this whole thing in Christ is so different than anything to do with that. I mean, I know, I know like Linda had a breakthrough. If there's any condemnation in your life, if you can, if somebody can make you feel bad, like, oh, I did that wrong. What am I doing? I don't know why I'm doing this. If the enemy can get in there and make you feel condemned, amen, then know that there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Where are you? <laughs> Where are you? Don't make your children feel condemned. Get them saved. Really see them accept Christ in their heart. And then you get free enough 
to help them know how to repent, help them know how to hear God, preach the gospel to them. Don't make them feel bad. Don't be people down with fear. Don't be people down with shame. Encourage your kids, make them know all miss it. All miss it. But God forgives you if you want to be forgiven. He already knew you were going to do that. Do you know he already died for that? It's okay. Now there's consequences if there's, you know, if, you know, if it causes them to have a bad grade or hurt somebody, there's consequences, amen? But consequences shouldn't be punishment. When we are born again, we should never fear punishment. Amen? When you're born again and your children are born again, they should not fear punishment. They should expect discipline. There's a, there is a big difference between punishment and discipline. Punishment is you're doing this because I told you not to do that and you've made me mad and it's all about me. It's all about how you messed up my day. It's all about how you're not doing what I say. It's how you're making me look bad. D punishment is because you're mad. Discipline is because they need to get this out of their life. They need to see that saying that hurts somebody's feelings or doing that is against God's ways. And they need to understand why they must be disciplined. Amen? And you need to repent. Now, if you had a parent that punished you because they didn't know how to discipline you, or if you had it, the Bible says, if you don't discipline a child, you hate them. We're in a whole culture with a bunch of hated kids who are now totally rebellious. What happens if you don't discipline a child? It means there are no laws for you. There are no rules for you. There's no expectation for you. Just do what you want. Which is a form of lawlessness which we're seeing everywhere right now. And let me just say this. When you make a scapegoat of anything, if all your problems are because of white people, then you don't have to deal with all your sin. If all your problems are because of black people, then you don't have to deal with... None of your problems have, are about any other people. Any problem you have as a born-again believer is because there's something in your heart that needs to come out. Or there's fear that needs to be dealt with. Amen? Amen? And it doesn't matter, truthfully, what the enemy did to get you into rebellion. What matters is what Jesus Christ did to get you out. Amen? It matters what did Jesus Christ do to get me out of this rebellion. Whew. There's no justification for rebellion against God. Come on, look at it, folks. Look at all abortion is rebellion against God to the greatest degree, to the greatest degree. Perversion, not knowing that they're made the male and female, is a great rebellion against God. It's not okay for teachers to teach our children to rebel against God. It's not okay for politicians to come in agreement with laws that tell us to rebel against God. We're not going to rebel against God. Amen? Which is why we have to be led by God. You can't ask for religious exemption unless God told you not to do it because you're his and he doesn't want you doing it. And then if he tells you that, he will make them grant it to you. 
He'll take care of it. If he says, nope, I don't want you working there anymore. I'm closing that door. Don't let him stick anything in your arm, but come over here and get this job. But guess what? You'll get the new job with the better job. But here's the difference. God is in charge of it. Amen? God, and it, it takes faith. It takes, it's a risk. But wouldn't you like to get rebellion out of your heart so you're hearing God and not rebellion? Amen? When the Lord told me to buy this half a million dollar building that took $300,000 of renovations and I had less than $1,000 in the ministry account. <laughs> and I signed the contract and went to Walt Disney World the next day to which I didn't sleep for a few nights going, what am I crazy? What have I done? Because I had to have $30,000 to them within three weeks for a down payment or the whole thing fell through and I lost my $1,000. Well, when all you got is $1,000, $1,000 was a lot. I'm like, Lord, how are we going to do this? I don't know to this day how this teeny tiny ministry, which was only about 12 people back then, everybody gave from everything they could and came up with $30,000. It was amazing. It was amazing. He's amazing. And he's taking care of every single person who gave into it. And there was no begging. There was no using scripture in a way to manipulate you at all. Because of the fear of the Lord, amen? Was my flesh dying? Yeah. Was my husband going, what have you done? Yes. <laughs> it's like, what have you done? Oh, not much, honey. Just had a boring day, went and bought half a million dollar building, $300,000. I didn't, I didn't know I had to have $300,000 in renovation until I got to the city who told me I couldn't have the building until God changed their minds, which took eight months. And then they told me how much I had to pay for renovations to meet their high standards for such a beautiful part of Newport News. I'm like, let's see, we got a concrete place behind us. We got a car fix-it place with cars parked everywhere that are broken beside us. And they used to be down this road. Um, and I'm fine with the mobile home park, but some of them weren't the best kept. And then we have, at the time, we had a storage unit over there where they had prostitution and drug dealing going on. I'm like, yeah, I said, oh, we, yeah, this, we definitely need to make sure we have enough trees on beautify our space. Anyhow. And I couldn't buy a tree on sale at Lowe's. No, 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 no. I had to buy a specific tree that had to cost $1,000 a tree. My light poles had to cost over $1,000 a light pole. No, you can't put any light poles up. You got to put these light poles up. Oh, your light poles are facing the wrong. You put them up in a way to bug the people in the trailer park. Okay, we'll turn them off at night. So we have lights that we don't use at night, so we don't bother the trailer park that the city made us pay $1,000 for. Thank you. I was like... <laughs> I was like, submitting to everything. Lord said, just do it. I have the money. I'm like, I'm glad you have the money. I'm like, God, I'm rebelling against paying $1,000 for a light pole. We'll just go stick a little light in the tree over there, and then, you know, if somebody wants to park there, there it is. Amen. And then by the time they came and decided all my green space, green space, has anybody ever looked along this line here of how much green space, for my green space and my ditch length and my tree size, we lost 15 or 20 parking spaces. <laughs> wow. 
Of course, back then I had vision. We were going to be so full, we were going to need those right away. Well, we've only filled up the parking lot for three or four, for the Christmas giveaway every year. But that's because we closed the back one. Because, well, we put all the BFA people back there. And then one time we had a surfing thing with some surfers here, and we packed the place out. I think that's it, that we've totally, without question, used up every space. Except for when we had Robin Bullock in them. And then they took away all our parking over there, so we really couldn't let everybody in that wanted to come in. I'm just saying, Lord, help. Amen? But you have to have a heart. Now, let me, let me get this part across. Amen? Everything with God is about your heart. Your attitude. Okay? Everything about God is about your heart. So, rebellion's in your heart. So you can do every single thing that your mom and dad tells you to do. But if your heart is not recognizing that everything they tell you to do is for your protection, everything they tell you to do is the best they know how to make you turn out to be a, a person that they think you should be. Now, how many know there's going to be a lot of confusions for people who are raised with parents who aren't Christians. And then if you have people raised who are religious, but not Christian, it can even be more confusing. Amen? And, and if you have people who are hypocrites who go to church and have rebellion in their own hearts, and yet they're telling you what to do, how many know it can be very confusing? Amen? If you have somebody who follows the law of the word, the Bible says when you follow the law of God's word, it brings death. So if you're trying to raise your kids by shoving this in their face about what God says about tattoos and what God says about this and what God says about that and what God says about fornication and what God says about this and what God says about that, according to his word, you are causing death. We're like, what do we do? What good is the word? The word is to understand the heart of God and tell them, this is why we don't do that. God loves you too much. You're too precious. He, he, he is already preparing the husband, if you have a daughter, for you. And I'm believing and praying that you'll wait for the one God has for you. I'm believing and praying that you'll see how valuable you are. But let me tell you what, when you have rebellion in your heart and you make that kid want to go find another mom, you're opening the door to lesbianism. So don't go screaming and yelling at them when they go in the wrong direction. If you sit there and you are divorced and you never had a man in their life and you wonder why they're trying to sleep with every man who will give them any attention, you got to start with you and dealing with your rebellion and dealing with where you missed it. And then guess what God promises? He will be the father to the one without a father. You don't have to go run around trying to find any man who will act like they'll be a father to your kids. Can I get an Amen. Wouldn't it have been nice if we learned this years and years ago? Amen. <laughs> That's okay. We can learn it now. Break the power of anything. See, our kids or our grandkids have a lot better uh, understanding of things. I was very, the few things I was really legalistic with really hurt my kids. And, and it took praying inner healing over them. It prayed me asking them to forgive me and everything before their hearts have softened. Amen. So we want, we don't, and I know Sarah's really awesome over there. I know Karen and Nicole are really good um, 
children ministers and Laurie. We cannot make rules to make people follow, to make them feel better about themselves. We need to understand. That's, that's why people are, re are rebelling against laws that don't make any sense. The whole spirit of a tyrant causes rebellion. Amen? The hearts were not created to submit to that which goes against God. We were not created by God to submit ourselves to demonic spirits. Amen? We weren't created by God to submit ourselves to demonic spirits and husbands, in church leaders, in politicians, and police officers, or anyone else. We were not created in the image of God to submit ourselves to demons. Amen? But we can be trained incorrectly to. Amen? When the Lord says, wife, submit yourself to your husband is unto the Lord. Because he has, he has headship. There's a whole, get to get the whole teaching. It's awesome. First of all, headship is only given to two beings in your whole life. Spiritual headship is given to God. Without the Holy Spirit, you can't even see in the spirit realm. You can't even interact in the spirit realm. You have no authority at all in the spirit realm. Amen? You have no authority in the spirit realm except for the spiritual headship of Jesus Christ. Amen? In the natural, as a human being on planet Earth, wives submit to your own husbands as unto the Lord. Right? Well, how many know the scriptures were written for believers? How many know by the time you get to Ephesians and Colossians and all these teachings, you're a born-again believer? If you had gotten born again soon enough, then you would know only Mary equally yoked. Only marry a, a man who humbles himself and yields to the Holy Spirit. They're not going to fool around on you. They're not going to treat you bad. They're not going to make you think you have no value because they have to love you as they love themselves, as they love their own bodies. They have to nurture you, take care of you, be tender towards you. And God's in them and God's working in them to do God's will. Amen? But how many know everybody rebels for the most part and do what they want? Marry who they want, how they want, when they want, why they want. Amen. Now, I'm not getting to it. You get the teaching. There is scriptures. What happens if you weren't saved and then you marry somebody and that you get saved and they aren't? Tells you what to do. Bible tells you what to do. See, God actually figures that's the only way that could happen. Or if neither one of you were saved and then one of you gets saved. He actually puts all that in the Bible. He tells you what to do in those situations. Just a real quick overview, but you can get the teaching. He doesn't expect you to stay in the house with someone who's violent. And he, and he always says you can leave a marriage where somebody is unfaithful. If you want to get real picky, God says if they even look at another woman with lust in their eyes, they've, they've already had sex with her as far as he's concerned. Which means you don't have to put up with somebody who absolutely wants to have perversion and filth and pornography all around them and in their house. 
which from what some people say, that would be almost everybody leave their husbands in the church. Well, that shows something's really wrong with the husbands in the church. Amen? Amen! Amen. Why does he do that? Because he doesn't want us abused. Because the husband is supposed to reveal to his wife and to the world what Christ is to his church. Has God ever made anybody do anything? No. He's never made you do anything. He shows you what to do. He works in your heart what to do. And even if you don't do it, he still tries to rescue you. He's faithful when we're not. He's amazing. He's just amazing. We need to really get this rebellion out of our hearts to raise our kids in mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. When you felt like you lived under judgment and you submitted under judgment, and then guess what? If you judge the person who judged you, guess what you get to become? Just like them. Amen? So that is the place where we break judgments. Lord, forgive me. One of the things you will know, as, and we've got to get ready to go, but one of the things you'll know as, as you move into God setting you free from things, amen? You will see the things you judged in your parents <laughs> because you'll find yourself doing them. You'll find yourself thinking like that. You'll even have thoughts that don't even sound like you. Amen? You know what I'm talking about? You'll be saying something like, this one just like mom. <laughs> why does I say, why do I sound like my mom? Because you judged her there. Find out what it is. You judged her there. Find out what it is. And truthfully, when you start to see these judgments happen in your life, and you really, let me give a great example. Let's say you had a very, very critical mother. No matter what you did, it wasn't good enough. It was never good enough. Maybe they came from a, a generational curse that are on some cultures, like, like um, Germans and different ones. You got to do this. You have to do this. Not, but, but it can be really cultural curses. Amen? And when they're doing that, what are they thinking? This is for your good. This is for your good. You know, you, we don't want you to embarrass the family. We don't, this, they, don't, they don't think it all out. Amen? Let's say no God. So then you judge that. What does that mean? I'll never do that. I'd never treat my kid like that. I'd never treat my kid like that. You know what can happen if you do a judgment? I'd never treat my kid like that. There's two things. You'll never have kids. Or you'll do that when you have a kid. Or you'll hold self back enough, but you'll see it as your daughter or son treats their grandkids, your grandkids. Amen? What should happen and what happens for me, when I begin to see myself doing exactly what I judged, and I begin to see the results of that, and knowing that's not what I intended, that's not what I was thinking, then I really repent, and then I really can forgive, because I realize, just like that's not what I was thinking, and just like that's not what I was wanted to happen, that's probably why what happened with my mom or what happened with my dad. Amen. So then you can go through the motions of saying you forgive, but God knows if you have or not. Amen. He knows if you have or not. You don't know. You think, well, I forgave them a long time ago. Then why are you talking about them like that? And I will say this, especially when it comes to parents or somebody, grandparents, whoever is really strong in our lives. Amen. 
as God keeps sanctifying you, you will find out you probably judge them in a lot of ways. And here's the one. Listen to this good, because this is rebellion. Every time you judge anyone, you're in rebellion. And that rebellion allows the enemy to have a foothold in your life. There was a situation in, in my family. And I'm, this, how many you guys know I've been doing this for years? Amen. So don't think you're going to be perfect tomorrow. Amen. <laughs> Maybe you will. I'm not going to limit God. But, mm, okay, get ready. Everybody listen. We got to get the rebellion out so you quit hurting your kids, your spouses, your, you know, everybody in your life. Amen. Amen. Judgment is one of the worst things. It's Satan's way to make sure he can make you follow that path. And you might not think you're following that path, but you are. You may be following a different way. So there was a situation, and I should never have been drawn in the middle of it, and I kind of was, and I've forgiven everybody. But I made almost an inner vow that I didn't think anybody who had money and could have another way than going to a nursing home should ever be put in a nursing home. And when someone I cared about was put into a nursing home who I knew had the finances to not be put in a nursing home. And to me, it was like, well, why don't that person who doesn't want to take care of them anymore, just get an apartment down the street or do something else or whatever. And, and truthfully, most of the things I thought were pretty, could have been logical answers, but that didn't matter. But because they seem logical to me, get this, everybody, just because your brain thinks that that was a good answer, just because your brain thinks you could, you could have done it different and better, it doesn't stop it from being a judgment. Can I get an amen? amen. The steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. If someone has to go through something because of a judgment, God says he will not be mocked. Whatever you sow, you will reap. The good and the bad. Amen? You're going to sow it one way or the other. And so I was going through something recently with some of this, and, the, and I was like, Lord, I just had like really strange things trying to happen in my mind. Um, like, for example, I knew I, put, I have like, I have 50-some pairs of Tevas. I like Tevas. And I've been... I've been gathering them over the years. Five pair a year make 50 TVs. Anyway, so I had this one pair of TVs. They were by the bed, and I'm all, so I was getting dressed. I was really, in my head, thought I saw me putting those TVs on. And then I'm walking out, I got different TVs on that don't match what I'm wearing. And I'm like, wait a minute, these aren't the TVs I put on. Well, I know they are the TVs I put on. They're on my feet. Nobody came in, knocked me on the head, took them off in between. But the bottom line was, I'm thinking, how did my mind think they were something different? And then there was two or three, I think I told somebody, there's two other things. One of my sons kept saying, you reminded me of grandma or Mima or whatever. I'm like, hush up, I'm not her, I'm me. <laughs> you know, like, and I kept feeling it. But the Lord showed me, because you judged this relative, when they came alongside another relative who made the choice to put someone in a nursing home, because you judged that you would never do that. And now you're seeing another family situation where somebody's being torn apart because they can't handle somebody at home. And you're really seeing why, why would they, you know, who, who am I to decide that he should go move somewhere else? Who am I to make these decisions? 
And then the Lord, then I really repented. Really, I mean, it changed things so fast. I'm like, well, yeah, that's going to be the best care. You know, that's up to them. That's not our decision. Here's the thing, though. The Lord said, you were set up by the enemy to either get dementia and end up in a nursing home or for somebody you would be in charge of to get dementia and end up in a nursing home because of your judgment. Whoa. This is serious stuff. This is serious stuff. And as long as you walk around with your great attitude that you wouldn't do it that way and it would never happen to you and you would be better than that and why would they do that and I never do what my mother did or I never do what my dad did or I never do what that teacher did or I never do what that counselor did or I never do this, you are going to do all of that. It's spiritual law. It's rebellion against God to judge. It's a big law. I said, who are you to take, who are you to point at the log, uh, to point at this, the log in their, the splinter in their eye, get the log out of your eye, get deliverance, get healed, get free, quit seeing it through your perspective, and then you'll be humble enough to be able to help somebody else. Amen? And I mean, no, this is what the church has walked around with so much self-righteousness and judgmental attitude. We've really turned a lot of the world off to Christ. And we've also put them in rebellion. Well, I can't live up to that, so I'm just not doing it. You know what it is? They're like, I can't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good like you have. Because I know I'm going to eat some of that bad. So if I eat the bad, it throws me all the way out of the game. I'm just not going to play the game. So they believe, but they never make a commitment to Christ. Because they don't even understand how it works. We're trying to clean them up before they've even had five seconds to know how good God is. Amen? One of the biggest, well, I think one of the issues in our culture anyway is that we've made so many judgments. Do you know this entire curriculum they're trying to push down American children's throats and in the workplace is all based on judgments. It's all based on stereotypes and judgments. And because the church will not see it and repent of her part in making judgments, now we're, there's so little authority against this happening. Amen? So we're pushing hate in our schools and in our children's minds. And at the workplace, you see this young girl? How old are you now? Ten. Are you ten? Her mom walked in that door one night when she was pregnant with her, crying, and said that she had died in her womb. And this mom had had trouble with miscarriages, which is why she came to this church. And I'm standing here, and we stop the service because we don't do programs anyway. We're like, what's wrong? And she tells us. We don't know what to say. Can you turn this mic on? We don't know what to say. And I'm standing there, and the whole, there's not a whole lot of us here, but we're all like, how are we going to help this mom? And all of a sudden, I have a mic like this, and I'm going. And I prophesy a heartbeat back into that baby. So you're forgiven. Go back to your seat. All right. (laughs) 
It was also prophesied that she'd be a prophetess. And from day one, that girl's been preaching to everybody and calling out sin and everything else. Amen? I mean, from almost day one. Anyway, Father, right now, Lord, we just come before you, Holy Spirit. And we're not going to rebel against your word. We're not going to make up justifications for why we rebelled. We're not going to hide it and make it look pretty and think it's not rebellion. We're not going to pretend that it hasn't hurt relationships, finances, career choices, and our effectiveness of being your vessel. We're no longer going to blame you, God, when we can't hear you or see you with our spiritual ears. We're born again, so we have a spirit man who's alive, who has ears to hear and eyes to see in the spirit. We know that your word is true, and we know that you died for all of our sins. So, Father, we come here tonight, and you just say amen if you agree with me in a minute. And we repent of rebellion. If you agree with that, say amen. amen. Whoa, I thought nobody's amen in around here. I just wasted this night. <laughs> Whoa, wouldn't it be a waste because the Lord said do it. Father, we want our rebellion out right now. We want everything we've used to make it seem okay. We want everything we've used to make it look like it was you who wasn't talking to us or you who wasn't revealing yourself to us. We ask you to forgive us. God, we for ask you to forgive us for trying to do your word without being led by your spirit. We ask you to forgive us for thinking more highly of ourselves than we should because we've been eating of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, but we jumped over to the good side which says we don't need you, which says we don't need your spirit, which says we can do this without you. Lord, we just repent in the name of Jesus. Father, we forgive everyone that the enemy has used to cause us to rebel, to rebel against what you say parents are, what you say marriage is, what you say authority is, what you say your church is, God, we just repent. Now, this is going to be specific for just some of those who are watching. And Father, anyone in here who walked away from any revelation they had of Jesus Christ and embraced any demonic doctrine, New Age, Buddhism, Any, any false religion, any false way of seeing God, especially after having a deep knowing that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Father, we come before you and we ask you to forgive us. This is what I'm seeing for some people. You were rebellious. You were hurt. You were hurt by a very critical parent. Some of you were hurt by an abusive parent. Some of you were hurt by a parent 
who never said anything good, only bad things. And maybe that's not how they treated all the siblings. But then you grew up knowing Jesus was real or kind of real in some form of Christianity, even though it might have been pretty religious and dry. But at some point, you were enticed by New Age, or you were enticed by Buddhism, or you were enticed by a spirituality that, did, that denied that Jesus Christ was the only way to God. And when you did that, a very strong antichrist spirit, ho, began to be a gatekeeper over you because you denied Christ. And I hear the Lord saying, you would have never denied me if you'd really known me. <laughs> you would have never denied me. And you're forgiven. Now quit staying locked up behind an antichrist spirit and quit trying to prove that you love me. Quit trying to prove that you want to do things my way and just tell that devil to get out of your heart. So Father, we come in agreement as touching right now that any strong man that has a gatekeeper of an antichrist spirit of pure rebellion has to loose these people who are watching this, has to loose anyone in this room right now in the name of Jesus, never to block your spirit from touching our spirit again. Now, Father, I speak to every hurt, rebellious place inside of people, every hurt child, every hurt wife, every hurt husband, every hurt um, student, every hurt person where someone came against them for what they were doing and they rebelled in their hearts and decided to be a man pleaser, to never let that happen again. Lord, we just speak healing now over all those hurt places. And I just see the Lord saying, rise up. Rise up, daughter. Rise up, son. Rise up, rise up, rise up. Get up. Whew. Fear no man. Fear no man. And I just see a lot of you, I just see like you're rising up. And I speak wholeness right now. I speak wholeness right now to every one of those places that hid away, not even knowing it was rebellion to try to please man, not even knowing it was a rebellion to see God the wrong way, not even knowing it was rebellion to blame God. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we pull up all those bitter roots, all those bitter roots, all those roots that said, Lord, why did you make me like this? Lord, why did you make me uh, this gender? Why did you make me this skin color? Why did you make me this with this IQ? Why did you make me like this? Why did you give me these parents, God? Why did you put me in this nation, God? Why did you do this? Why did you do this? Why did you do this? And right now, I just, whew, I hear me say, Lord, forgive me. You knew what you were doing because I was wonderfully made in my mother's womb. I was wonderfully made. And I just see the Lord, he's stepping up to the line. He goes, step out of there. And you're stepping out of this hiding place, this fearful hiding place. And he's taking your hand and you're stepping out. And he's saying, be made whole. Be completely healed. Be delivered. Be my daughter. Be my son. Be who the Father says you can be. And I hear the Lord saying, and I want you to answer this honestly, 
Do you believe that you can become by the Holy Spirit who the Father has already seen you as being? Say yes. 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 Let me go back to that one scripture. We'll finish with this because I know the kids got to get to school. This was just so powerful in this one for, for people who are going to have to listen. I can think of people who need to listen to this too. Whoa, feel that. <laughs> All right. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus. forgive me of the pride. Empty me of self-promotion and creating a false image of my importance. God, I was made in your image and in your likeness. How amazing is that? When you knit me together in my mother's womb, Tenderly, gently, full of great love. You are already seeing who I would be when I yield to your spirit. So today, Lord, I renounce this pride, all rebellion. Open my ears to hear, my eyes to see, that I can have this wonderful walk with you. You only have good for me. You have a wonderful adventure for me. Forgive me for my jealousy and seeing you wrong. Set me free. And I command every spirit of darkness to loose me now. I command the spirit of rebellion to loose me now in the name of Jesus Christ. And I know that the blood of Christ covers all my rebellion. Every perverted thing I've done is covered by the blood of Christ. Every hateful thing I've done is covered by the blood of Christ. Every good work I've done to feel better about myself is covered by the blood of Christ. I want you, God, to order my steps and you alone. I give you all my idols, everything I've taken on to feel better about myself. I give it to you. Now you're in charge of how I spend my money, how many, <laughs> what I do with my life, how I treat people, everything about pets or lack of pets, everything about everything, I give to you. Get everything out. That was my independent spirit calling the shots and teach me your ways, O oh God. Heal my children and my grandchildren. And her great-grandchildren. <laughs> Break all generational curses. 
Lord, heal all spouses and parents. Anything that was touched and hurt by the rebellion in my heart, I ask you to fix it, Lord, even as you heal me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Whoa, feel that. So, Lord, every single demonic spirit that had to come out, we send it to the pit in Jesus' name, a dry place. Can't think of anywhere drier. Ho! And we ask that he give the punishment of Satan on Judgment Day because, Lord, the enemy knew we were going to find you, we were going to walk in freedom, and they should have left a long time ago. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you love this teaching, then you better say you love this teaching then we want you to check out our web at beautyforashes.org. There is so much teaching there and there's a resource uh, library there. And also check out my Facebook page at Cindy Foster Beauty for Ashes Ministry. We'd love you to partner with us and come along for the ride into the apostolic. God bless you. 